Welcome back, everybody, to the SOS Stacy on Sports Podcast Show. You are tuned in with the main host, Stacy Carter II. And this week, I got Korea Lewis and Mike White Jr. joining me. What's up, team? What's going on? Uh, <laughs> What's up, uh, Ben? Would not be joining us. He got caught up in some things. Hopefully, we can have him back next week. Um, our episode gonna be pretty much Lakers centered. It's, it's some things that's going on with the Lakers. Seem like everything is falling apart from the inside on out. So we are gonna have to touch on some things with the Lakers, including LeBron James. Is he possibly planting seeds for a Lakers exit? Hmm. Let's discuss that. But first, before we even get into our episode, we do have to recognize that. A tragedy has struck in the NFL. Quarterback Dwayne Haskins uh, died from a car crash. Uh, he was 24 years old on the cusp of being 25. He was uh, looking forward to going into the season as a possible starter for the, starter for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And it's just a stra- uh, tragedy that just struck everybody out of nowhere, of course. There's been a whole bunch of reactions from his teammates, former teammates, et cetera. So uh, let's just go ahead and go around the room and just talk about what we uh, read on Twitter or any other news site. So, uh, Korea, go ahead and start us off about Dwayne Haskins. Yeah, so um, as you guys know, I'm a big Pittsburgh Steelers fan. So I woke up um, a little earlier ago and – Uh, When I saw the news on my phone, um, I was like shook. Um, Yeah, I was I was really surprised. I was like, wow, you know, Um, you know, he's a great guy, great quarterback. um, And you see what he did in college, um, you know, as a quarterback. And also, um, you know, when he played with Washington for a bit and then also, you know, with the Steelers, we picked him up last year. And so I was really looking forward to seeing him, like, get some playing time, like, see him under center, you know, as quarterback for the Steelers um, because, you know, he has a good arm, you know, and seems like a legit, like, you know, backup quarterback, whatever. But um, he was, like, my third string. And so um, he was under Rudolph. So, you know, I was, like – anticipating looking forward to him playing like possibly this upcoming season and um, I know he was at practice he was in Florida with Najee and Chase um, over there and also Trubisky so he was over there um, practicing with them and um, this morning he just got struck by a car or a truck so it was just you know he was walking and you know he got struck and you know, life is short. You really just don't know what could happen and, you know, just hold your loved ones close, you know, definitely. So yeah, it's very sad news in the NFL this morning. Very, very sad. Mike, uh, any words regarding Dwayne Haskins? Um, Well, obviously condolences out to the family, um, everybody, anybody close to him. Um, You know, it, like Korea just said, man, life is so short and it's a shame that we lose somebody at such a young age who had, you never know, had a promising career in front of them. Um, you know, I, I poke fun at the Steelers for getting Trubisky, but hey, you, you never know. This could have been Dwayne Haskins' opportunity, you know, to finally start. They had a defense, so it's sad we're not going to be able to see what he could have become. But obviously, man, just like Korea said, hold your loved ones tight. You know, don't take anything for granted. 
Like this, this could happen to anybody. This could happen at any moment. Your life could be taken from you. So it's a shame it had to happen to this young man. But, you know, praying for the family, praying for everybody close around him. And, um, man, that's that's tough just to wake up and see that first thing today. Like, can, could you I couldn't even imagine just seeing someone <laughs> just gone just like that off the earth. So, man, it, it's crazy and, and it sucks to be around it. But prayers out to the family, man. It's definitely 24 years old, about to be 25. He's doing stuff, doing something that he loves to do ever since he was a kid. And it's 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 heartbreaking. And life is um, I, I don't like to say life is short. I like to say life is fragile. Life is precious. So you want to spend as much as you can doing stuff that makes you happy, stuff that brings you peace while, while we still here. So, you know, rest in peace to Dwayne Haskins, condolences to his family, Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, the Washington Commanders, everybody involved. Let's go ahead and continue with the episode. We have to talk about our Lakers. We're going to sound like a fan podcast for today because we got to get a bunch of sadness and anger and frustration out about our team just going down, down, down. The Lakers are officially eliminated from the playoffs. Right now, they have a 32-49 and 49 record. Uh, it's just been a mess from seemingly from the start of the season to the finish. Anthony Davis said something about it. He's like, we had more starting lineups than wins this year. Man, it's just been one terrible season for L.A. After big expectations of reaching the NBA Finals and winning it. So, Let's get let's let's um let's just bring it out. Let's just bring everything out, all of our feelings. Mike, go ahead and uh react to the Lakers being eliminated. Oh uh, man, well look, now now that we eliminated, you know, it ain't no more false hope out there. Man, the writing's been on the wall all season. Let's let's just call it what it is. The, the writing's kind of been on the wall. I think we saw from the beginning of the season. One of the problems, not the only, but one of the problems, Westbrook just did not fit with this team. I think all of us questioned how the fit would work out in the preseason. But, you know, we, we still had hope that, OK, hey, he's with LeBron James. He's with Anthony Davis. You know, they'll figure it out. But ultimately, they were unable to do that. But like I said, that wasn't the only reason. Uh, role players not stepping up this year. Stars being hurt, not being able to play on the court. That's big this year. Coach not being able to take the roster he has and elevate it. There, there was a lot of issues with the Lakers this year, so I'm not surprised we've been eliminated from playoff contention. Went, in, went into that past weekend with must-win games against the Pelicans and the Mavericks, I believe, and we did what the Lakers have done all year. You know, we built up a 20-point lead. This was with Anthony Davis, with LeBron James, and allowed the Pelicans to storm back, so... Again, once a team shows you who you are, they've shown you who you are. There's a lot of false hope out there, things of that nature. And even I had some hope then and there. But I think we all kind of knew that this wasn't a championship team. We were just hoping they could at least make the playoffs and hope LeBron and AD can make magic happen. But at the end of the day, um, the team wasn't good enough to do that. So it sucks, man. I'm still wearing my Laker hat proud, man. We got to get back in the lab, you know, get some work back going and try to figure this out, man. It's a lot of things that need to happen on this offseason. But my initial response to us being eliminated, hey, man, you, you put me out of my misery. Now I can watch the game carefree. Last <laughs> night I'm watching the game. Look, 
sitting back, turn over. That's all right, man. I'm trying to see what these young guys can do, man. So put me out of my misery. Yeah, yeah. Korea, what's your reaction to the Lakers being eliminated from the playoffs? Yeah, I mean, like Mike said, I mean, it sucks, but, you know, I'm not surprised because, you know, we had a really tough season and like you can't really go into the playoffs with like so many losses, you know, like and it's just like we we didn't have a good season, you know, I mean, our lineup, you know, with like, you know, our lineup and just like coaching and everything. It's just like it's been crazy this season. And, you know, of course, like the Suns, they're like, you know, like pretty much like the best team in the West. And so, like, you know, when they beat us on Tuesday, it was just like not really a surprise because they have like, you know, better like um, I don't know how to explain it, but they just have a better way of like going out there and like playing and like showing what they have and they have like good players and like. And then also, like, you know, last night we beat Oklahoma, like we beat the Thunder. And so, like, it was nice that we beat them, but it was just like, well, I mean, we're not even going to the playoffs. And I mean, Thunder is Thunder, like, it's whatever. Hopefully next season, you know, we could, like, come back strong and, like, you know, uh, hopefully there's some adjustments made and um, – also with the coaching, you know, I'm pretty sure we'll get into that a little bit later, but um, hopefully that will be something will be sorted out with the coaching too. But yeah, I mean, we've just had a lot of problems this season. So hopefully we could just get that all sorted out off season. Even with the Lakers losing as much as they did after the all-star break, they still had a shot, which was crazy. They still had a shot to get the ninth or 10 seed and they just couldn't pull it together. Is it, it's just amazing how the Lakers were just messing up the whole year, but they still had a shot to about two weeks ago. And I ain't like all the false hope, uh, uh, Anthony Davis trying to play LeBron playing and doing all the scoring and all that stuff. I was like, just, just get it over. With. It's not going to happen. Y'all y'all too far down when, when they was tied with, uh, San Antonio for that 10 spot. I was like, it's over. It's just, it's over. Just, just leave it alone. Just everybody shut it down. Um, Russell Westbrook, yeah, that that fit was I. That was the first thing that I said when he got traded. It was an odd fit, but I thought that he could make it work. I thought that uh, he would like tailor his game a little bit to the Lakers' offense. That didn't work. Frank Vogel, his lineups, his strategies, that didn't work. AD, LeBron being hurt, role players not doing what they're supposed to do, et cetera, et cetera. So it was just it's – been, it's been like that the whole season, but I just don't – I just, <laughs> as a fan, like, getting dragged through misery, especially from January on to now, it just, uh, it's just – it's just hard to watch for the Lakers. Uh, they do need to make a lot of changes coming up in this offseason. We'll see what, what they're going to do. But – what should they do exactly? What should they do? What should they bring in? What should they take out the team? What changes does the Lakers need to make this summer? Mike, what you think? Um, well, I think the, the obvious problem in the room is you figure out what you're doing with Westbrook. Obviously, <laughs> the best option is trading him and seeing what you can get for him. But obviously, you got to have a willing partner. Now, what helps is he's in the last year of his contract. 
you know, a team will like that if they want to have cap room for the next year. So you're more than likely to be able to find a, a trade suitor, but whoever you bring in is got to be able to help you win a championship right now. That's the, that's the hard thing and the key. You're not, you don't want to just trade him, you know, for some parts and, and, you know, they're not worth using. You need to bring in someone worth who's going to be able to work around LeBron, work around AD and help bring you back to that championship level. So I think it all starts there. Um, ultimately before that happens, I believe coach uh, Vogel will be fired. So you also need to bring in a coach that's going to be able to use these pieces. You use an older LeBron, understand where he's at in his career, how many games he could play. He's showing us each and every year, you know, top five of time is undefeated. He's playing less and less games. So you're going to have to bring in a coach who can understand that, manage that, manage AD, manage those minutes, be able to win games when one or both of those guys aren't on the court. So that's going to be the first thing they're probably going to have to pick. But yeah, man. Trading Westbrook is that big number one thing you need to do. And then from there, everything else, I believe, will kind of fall in place. Then you add the role players after you figure this, figure out what you're getting for Westbrook. You figure out, okay, let me – let me. I think we obviously see the Lakers needed more 3 and D players this year. They didn't have enough. They were waiting for Trevor Ariza for months and months and kept saying, yeah, Trevor Ariza's coming back. He's going to be the guy. Trevor Ariza's like 30, what, 5, 36 – He's not going to be able to go out there on an 82-game basis and guard the other team's best players. So I think we kind of gave ourselves false hope on that. So clearly, we need to go out there and get more 3 and D wings, 6'7", 6'8", type of guy, Stanley Johnson type of guys. We got lucky. We found Stanley Johnson, signed him to a little two-year deal. So we're bringing him back. Now, if you find more guys like him, and also I believe they need a big man, an athletic big man, not a guy stuck to the floor. No, no disrespect to DeAndre Jordan. Dwight Howard's been playing good in his little stints, but he's also getting older and you can start to see his age there. So I think they need a lob threat, a rim protector, a young big guy who can get up and down the court so we can get easy baskets. Two years ago, LeBron James led the uh, league in assists. Why? He was getting a lot of easy assists to JaVale McGee and Dwight Howard. Just simple oops, easy offense, things like that. So I think we need to find an athletic center, obviously find the right trade for Westbrook and fill out the role players correctly. Now, that's a lot to do in one offseason and make sure you hit all that. But, I mean, if you're the Lakers, you have LeBron James, you have AD, then you got to do it. You do whatever you do. You do whatever you can, excuse me, to put the right pieces around these guys. So it's going to be a lot, but it starts with the Westbrook trade. That can that can determine a lot how a lot of things go for us, because the other option, if you're not trading him, is to waive him and stretch his salary out. We just got finished getting off the Luol Dane contract this year. So why would you want to add more dead money going forward? So. Yeah, man, the, the Lakers have a lot, a lot of things to do this summer, but I believe it starts with hiring that right coach and seeing what you can get for Russell Westbrook. All right, Kareel, what do you think the Lakers should do this offseason to get them back into being finals contenders? Um, definitely focus on trading Westbrook for sure, um, just because of what we've seen from him on the team. Um, you know, just like play by play, everything like that. And then also coaching like Vogel. Um, yeah, he's going to have to go. Something's going to have to happen with him. Definitely. Just because, you know, um, you know, we've seen like what's been happening these past couple years, you know, and 
it just doesn't seem like things are really like improving that much when it comes to coaching. And then also like um, maybe doing something with um, THT possibly, um, Talon Horton Tucker. Uh, so maybe just like uh, considering him in there, possibly like trading him or like whatever the case. But um, Mike pretty much covered it. I mean, we pretty much just need like, you know, someone like good, someone um, young in there. Also, like when it comes to coaching, like somebody that um, knows what he's doing, somebody that can take on this team, you know, and someone that could, you know, work, um, work around this team and someone that could, you know, just, um, just like help this team, like go to the finals or like the playoffs, whatever the case, but we just need something like, you know, we definitely need to make some big adjustments in the summer and like, um, you know, hopefully we could see like those adjustments, you know, being like um, fulfilled, you know. It's going to be hard to get rid of Russell Westbrook. First of all, he has a player option where he can make $47 million the next season. I'm pretty sure he's going to opt in on it. And then when he does, who's going to take that on? That's, that's a lot of money right there. That is a lot of money. Um, I we'll, we'll get into Russ in a little bit, but they need the like in retrospect, in retrospect, um, I don't think they should have broken up that championship team. Like we all got us. I know all of us got caught up in those moves they made afterwards to replace those players, but I think they should have kept that team together. Just imagine if they kept Caruso, Caldwell, Pope, JaVale McGee. They yeah. should have definitely kept those players right there. Uh, they do need to get more athletic in the front court. They need front court depth in general. They need to get they need to get younger in that aspect as well. Give it somebody that can step out here to hit a shot, fifteen foot, uh, can rebound real well. Um, also, point guard is still a thing. I want them to permanently move LeBron to the point. I want LeBron to play point guard on his team. When he was in a point guard lineup, that championship team, it worked. And he averaged 10 assists in that season. They need to do the same thing. If Russell Westbrook stays on, I would like to him to be more of a, a slashing two. I think that they'll work well for him because I don't think that – I don't know if his game will ever evolve because it's been 12 years and it hasn't evolved, evolved yet. So I want him to be at the two more – Let's bring in some point guards. Let's bring in some 3D players, uh, just like uh, that team that won the championship. So when they do that, then they'll be fine. Um, there's a couple of free agents I want to see them go after if they want to spend that big money. DeAndre Ayton has not signed an extension with the, with the Suns yet. That could be a possible move right there. He'll definitely fill that big man role, but I don't know if he can play well with AD. Uh, Colin Sexton, I, I love I love Colin Sexton's game. He's a dog. He's a fighter. He gonna draw twenty on your head. Uh, he's not uh, the traditional point guard, but he's an, another scoring threat that the Lakers could use. Gary Harris is out there too as well. I don't think the Lakers need to bring in a huge name in free agency, but they just need players that can step in certain roles well. Um, let's go ahead and talk about Russell Westbrook. There is a rumor out there that the Hornets are interested in trading for Russell Westbrook during the offseason. Um, we all know the Hornets, 
you know, owner, Mike, Michael Jordan, he's a fan of Russell Westbrook. He like his game. So could Russ be headed to Charlotte? Is there a possibility? Um, Mike, what you think about Russell Westbrook uh, going to the Charlotte Hornets? Uh, from, I mean, from a Lakers standpoint, I think of it as let's say you're getting back a Terry Rozier, and I think the 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 proposed trade I saw was Terry Rozier, Gordon Hayward, and some picks for Russell Westbrook. I, I like Terry Rozier. I think he could come in and definitely provide something we need. Another point guard, another consistent scorer for us, a guy who could score from different parts. And, you know, he, and he gives a crap about the other side of the ball on defense. So even if he's not a great defender, at least we know he's going to go out there and get an F, give effort. Um, Gordon Hayward, I'm a little iffy on that just because, you know, he can't stay on the court. You know, when he's on the court, he's good. He's able to play make. He's able to knock down shots, things of that nature. But over the last couple of years, it seems like the injuries are starting to really build up on him. So I'm not quite sure I'm all the way sold on that trade. But as far as the Westbrook part going to Charlotte, I mean, to be honest, it could work. It could not. But I mean, what's that mean for LaMelo Ball? Are you starting Westbrook with LaMelo Ball? I mean, we've already seen, like we already said, Westbrook, his game's not changing. He needs a space floor. And if you take, if you're starting Westbrook with Lamelo Ball, you're taking the ball to Lamelo Ball's hands, and we've already seen that's where it belongs for this team. So I, I really don't get the as far as on the court why they want Westbrook. Now, as far as off the court, ticket sales are going up. You got a name in the building. You you're gonna fill up them seats. But I, if I'm getting him as Charlotte, I'm, maybe he's a, my backup to Lamelo, but. Then you got to ask yourself, is Westbrook ready to back be a backup? Is he ready to come off the bench, especially making 47 mil? I doubt it. So to me, honest, I know there's a place out there for Westbrook. I'm not saying he doesn't fit anywhere. But going to a team like Charlotte that has their point guard of the future doesn't make much sense to me. But hey, look, look, look. I'm not complaining in Charlotte. Y'all, y'all come get him. We can talk. We can talk some things out. But that's just how I feel in that situation. <laughs> Is it is it a place for him though? Is it really? Is it? I don't know. I don't know. But uh, go ahead, Korea. Russ to the Hornets. Is that possible? Um. Yeah, I feel like it could be possible. I mean, you know, I feel like you see how he's playing with the Lakers. I mean, just let him play with the Hornets. I guess, like, give him like an opportunity with them. I mean. I feel like, you know, who knows, maybe he might have like better chemistry with them, but you know, LaMelo ball is on that team too. So it's like, I don't know. So it's kind of like 50, 50. And then you have like Hayward, like he has like two seasons um, left on his contract. And so um, it all just depends. Like, I feel like um, sometimes when you have players like, you know, they go to one team and they're playing on one team and they're not doing so well on one team. But then when they go to like another team, it's like the chemistry fits better when they go to like a different team. So who knows if that's going to happen with, you know, Westbrook going to Charlotte, you know, but honestly, it's just, you know, it's just crazy. And I feel like, um, you know, uh, we'll just have to see like what happens like when it comes to that and you know who knows like you know it may not be Charlotte but maybe like a completely whole different team like that we aren't even expecting you know so we'll just have to see what happens.
Well, first, if I'm the Lakers, I'm asking for Terry Rozier, mm-hmm. Gordon Hayward, Plumlee, and Booknight. I want all of them. I want all of them for Russ. And I think they'll uh, fit into what the Lakers need. Booknight, young player. You give him some opportunity, he'll grow plumby. He can do the pick and roll. He can rebound a little bit. Gordon Hayward, uh, he's a he has a scoring dimension. And Terry Rozier is a good point guard, good starting point guard in the NBA. Will will get you eighteen and six. But if I'm the Hornets, I ain't doing this shit. I ain't <laughs> trading all that for Russell Westbrook. I'm not doing it. I'm not. Why would I want to? Why would I want to break this up? Why do I want to break this up? They, we get, the, the Hornets they got a good thing going with these young players. They building their chemistry. They're right now. They can go into the play-in. Uh, next year, I think will be even more better for them. They can bring everybody back. They still got to um, uh, re-sign Bridges in all season, get him a contract, which I think he will. And I'm not, I'm not doing that. I'm not taking on Russell Westbrook and $47 million. You kidding me? No. <laughs> no, if anything, I'm taking Malik Monk back. I'm bringing him back on the team. But <laughs> but I'm not. It's just, and and this also goes to what I was asking, uh, Mike. Is there really a place for Russell Westbrook to go? Number one and two, is there a team that's willing to trade whatever they have to bring in Russ? Uh, I mean, the only. I, oh, by the way. No, I was just going to say, in, in response to your question, is there a place for him? I think there's a place for him, but it, it's got to be a team that is predominantly, honestly, not competing for a championship, young player-centric, and they just need a veteran like a Russell Westbrook, a leader, a guy who can come in and command the huddle to lead them. And, 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 that's, where, and that's where he's the best at, when he's got some young players, or maybe it doesn't even have to be young players, just guys who aren't above average but just need a guy to kind of lead them and they play their roles and Westbrook just be that point guard that do it all guy for them I I I think he could do that but again is it a championship team probably not could I see him on OKC helping those guys getting them some wins sure could I see him on Orlando helping some new young guys get some wins and being a leader for them sure but again it's probably not going to be a championship contending team if that's the role he's in, the starting point guard. No, it's not going to be a championship contending team. They're not going to do that. And those two teams that you just brought up, the Thunder and the Magic, were the only other teams that I can see <laughs> trading for Russell Westbrook. But my also my thing is let the young guys develop too. I don't like breaking, like breaking that up uh, prematurely. Like just let them – Get into what I, I could see the magic because the magic got like 18 point guards over there. They can give us a few. They can give us a few. Career, what you think of, of like teams like OKC and Orlando going after Russ? Um, I think like, yeah, like it could be possible for it to happen, you know, like because you know, you have like, you know, their players over there and like you kind of see it as like, you know, maybe they would want Westbrook, you know, for that extra boost, even though like he's had like, you know, um, you know, you've seen like his performance with the Lakers. So he's had like a rough time with them and like the chemistry with them, like hasn't really been all that good with the Lakers. So I think that like, it could be possible, like, you know, like that magic would want him or like thunder or something, you know, just for that, you know, like that extra boost and like, who knows, like, you know, he could be, he could help them out, you know, maybe he could fit better with their chemistry, you know, rather than with the Lakers. So who knows? 
Yeah, so let me ask y'all this. So let's take a team like the Pacers, right? A team that's not really going nowhere, that's got rid of a bunch of pieces. Probably Because that's another proposed trade I've heard out there. It was like Malcolm Brogdon and the other guys escaping my head right now. But it was like two players from the Pacers right now. Oh, excuse me, Malcolm Brogdon, Buddy Hyde. Buddy Hill, excuse me, and some picks for Russell Westbrook. So you send him to an Indiana, a team that's what, really middle in the pack, probably resetting at this point. So boom, you bring in Westbrook. You only got him for one deal. So you know that's 47 mil off the books next year. You know you're not going nowhere with him, but he'll keep things interesting. You're in the East. You may get some wins here and there and fight for a playing spot. Probably not. But I think that, I mean, that type of team, well, that's on the verge of, okay, we about to tear it down and really set up for a big free agency summer. If we bring a guy like Westbrook in, he could be the bridge to that. You know, obviously, I don't know how he would feel about that. As long as he's getting his 47 mil, I'm sure Westbrook going to go play wherever, or whoever's signing the dotted line. But what do you guys think about a team like the Indiana Pacers taking him? I, I like uh, bringing in Brogdon and Hill. I, I like that. Mm-hmm. They, we should have brought in Hill in the first place. But, <laughs> but but I, I like that move right there. Uh, but, again, like, I, if I'm the Pacers, I'm not breaking up. Because you never know what's going to happen with Halliburton, who's coming up, and Hill, who's on a new team, and he was stifled in Sacramento. So, you never know. But if I'm the Lakers and that's that's my offer, I'm taking it. I'm taking oh, it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, for everything, the Lakers side, yeah, we take that. We take that. That's the magic part, finding that other team that wants that contract. <laughs> yeah, Korea, what you feel about that? Yeah, I, th- I agree. Like, I think it would be, like, cool. Like, you know, if they, like, um, like a team like the Pacers, you know, to, like, get Westbrook. And I was even thinking about, like, Sacramento, too, like the Kings. Yeah. Like, what if they even got him, too, you know? I mean. Give us De'Aaron Fox. Yeah. Who knows? You think they're going to do that? Nah. You think they yeah, <laughs> so. uh they they still need to bring somebody in. They ain't got nobody. They just the bonus. They got the bonus. I mean, yeah, but yeah, but I'm not giving up Fox. But uh, but then again, this is the Kings, and the Kings have not made the smartest moves in the last 20 years. So no, exactly. Kings <laughs> been the Kings. <laughs> yeah, Kings, Kings gonna king. Yeah, Kings gonna king all the time. So uh, let's move on to uh Frank Vogel. Uh, stories out there saying more, more than likely he would not return as the Lakers head coach. Uh, obviously, that's not official at this point with one game left, but um, it's a conversation that that should be talked about. Um, does he deserve to be fired? Mike, what you think? Yes, um, he deserves to be fired. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> yeah, look, it, it, look. I understand that not everything has fallen on him to why this season hasn't gone right. I understand that maybe when you got this roster, it wasn't the type of roster that you are used to coaching for your strengths and your needs. But at the end of the day, as the head coach of the Los Angeles Lakers, how many games in the 500 are we? 17, 16? You should never be that bad. Um, you should have been able to take the players you had and elevate them. That's the coach's job. So unfortunately, even though, you know, injuries you can't control and roster creation, you clearly had no hand in, you still have a part of the job that you need to do. And when you're the Lakers and you just came from two years ago, winning a championship last year, it was injuries, but you still made the playoffs. And this year you couldn't make the play in 
when you are a preseason favorite to at least make the championship, there's no way you're keeping your job. Besides, like we've talked about before on previous podcasts, man, they didn't even extend Frank Vogel. They gave him one extra year, which basically showed they had no confidence in him. Even when he got hired, we <laughs> talked about this. How are you going to have Jason Kidd and Lionel Hollins as your assistant coach? You basically got a guy looking over your shoulder the entire time. So it it seems like they never really had the utmost faith in him, even though he did win a championship, because you could tell they only gave him one more year. So it's unfortunate, but it is time for Frank Vogel to go and bring somebody new in because clearly he's lost the locker room. Korea, do you agree or disagree with that? Yeah, so I think we should get rid of him. Definitely get rid of Vogel. We need like a brand new coach, brand new head coach for sure. Um, you know, it was nice, like, you know, during the pandemic in 2020 season, you know, we were in the bubble and we went to the playoffs and we won and everything like that. So it's like, you know, but Vogel, it's like, it's just frustrating because like when you see your team playing and you see that same mistakes are being like, you know, done over and over and over, it's like, what's going on? Like, what is going on behind closed doors? Like, what is he what is he saying to these guys in the locker room? What is he saying? Like, what is he doing? Like, how is he leading this team, you know, to go higher, you know? And it's like, we've had so many losses, like just, you know, there's games that we shouldn't even have lost this season, like games that, you know, just silly little losses, or we've been so behind, you know, like um, when it comes to like points and all that and, you know, it doesn't all just fall on the coach. Like, I get that. But at the same time, it's like, you know, he he is to be taking responsibility for um, some of the things that's been going on with the team. And, um, you know, we just need like another coach. We need somebody that can help us, you know, that can really make this help make this team strong and, you um, you know, also get some other players too, like, you know, just, you know, like tweak the roster around a little bit, like we were saying earlier, but, um, you know, there, are, there are some coaches out there that, you know, that could come into LA if like Frank was to, uh, part ways with the Lakers. And, um, I don't know, but you have like Mike Malone, you have Van Gundy, you have Mark Jackson, you know, you have coaches like that, you know, so we'll just have to see like what happens, but hopefully like, um, you know, if we fire him, you know, he parts ways with the Lakers, then we could just have a coach that can guide, really guide this team and really help this team, you know, to um, just make it to the playoffs and, you know, do what we have to do to win another ring. Yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah, he was going to get fired. It, it was going to happen. Like it was gonna happen the way this season has went. Uh, I I believe players tuned out Frank Vogel during the during the season, and he did lose the locker room. And there's no way that the Lakers should have this bad of a record, 32 and 49. There's no way they should have this type of record. Um, yeah, he he got to go. That's that's it for him. He got the championship, but you know when you fall back to the seventh seed. The next season, this season was a, a complete wash. <laughs> you have no choice but to let him go. But also, my question is, 
how is he going to be replaced exactly? Like, who are you going to bring in to do all those things? Like you said, Korea, um, there's two names that's been flowing around. Quinn Snyder from the Jazz and Doc Rivers from the 76ers. Um, so let's talk about those two. Mike, uh, do you think those two are the, should be the top two candidates to take on the Lakers? And if not, who, who do you have in mind? I mean, I think if from a Lakers organization standpoint, you got to consider all your options at this point. The thing about a Lakers organization, they like to <laughs> hire from within. That's That's been their 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 go-to over the last couple of years. And some people say maybe to, even to their detriment. But as far as Quinn Snyder and Doc Rivers, I, I'm I'm open to interviewing them, you know, seeing their ideas for their team, what they could be to take it farther. But I don't know if I don't know if I want either one of those guys. We've seen what Doc Rivers has been able to do and he has been successful. He's also had some failures in time. Do you think he can come in and command a LeBron James and an Anthony Davis and get the, the rest of the team on board? That's a question you got to ask yourself. Quinn Snyder, he's been with the Jazz for a few years now. Great regular seasons, but what have we seen in the playoffs? Not great performances. We've seen him get outcoached by a Ty Lue and lose to a Clippers team that was with without Kawhi Leonard. So, you know, granted, I don't want to hold these guys to their failures. You know, these are these are two very good coaches. Another name I'll throw out there, guy who hasn't been a head coach in a while. So I think this would be a good opportunity for him to bounce back. It's Mike Brown with the Warriors, you know, their assistant coach. He's been sitting under Steve Kerr for a few years now. There's familiarity with LeBron James. You know, he knows what type of guy he is. You know, he's been in the playoffs. He's been championships, been there, done that. He's been in that assistant coach role for a few years now. I think it's a perfect time to give him another opportunity and to appease the Lakers organization. He used to coach in L.A., so it's, you're still kind of getting that guy that's been there before that you've had in the city even though you fired him a little too soon, but we ain't going to get into that. I think yeah. this is a great opportunity to interview him, but I'm not against the Quinn Snyder, the Doc Rivers, at least hearing what they have to say. You got to have all your options open because, again, this is a very, very already hot seat job when you come in. You got LeBron James. You expected to do something immediately when you walk through the court or walk through the door. So if you're a coach coming into the Lakers organization to lead LeBron James and Anthony Davis, the heat is already going to be on you. So I do think a coach who's already kind of used to that heat would be good, which is where I would lean towards a Doc Rivers or maybe a Mike Brown. I don't know about Quinn Snyder. Hasn't felt that heat yet because, to be honest, there's been no expectations for the Utah Jazz. Coming into L.A., it's going to be nothing but expectations. So those are two names I'm not mind looking at, but my my third hat in the party is Mike Brown. Yeah, if I'm Mike Brown, I ain't going back there. I'm not going – the way they – Oh, you got to, man. You, you got to come get this job. The way man. they treated him, man, they dragged that man <laughs> through the mud, under the ground, buried him, and just left him there. I, I don't know about that, but, hey, hey if he with it – he with it. Uh, Korea, what you think about Quinn Snyder, Doc Rivers being those two names floated out there to take over the Lakers? Well, um, to be honest, I don't really – I mean, it would be a good opportunity. Hey, you know, they're head coaches. Like, it would be good to, like, for us to consider them. But at the same time, like, I don't really know about Doc Rivers. Um, I, I just don't <laughs> feel like – I would want him to coach for the Lakers personally, mm. um, just because, you know, I feel like 
I just feel like there's something just, I don't know, something off about that, he in my opinion. Like, <laughs> he he won a chip with the Celtics. We can't bring him to LA. Come on now. Exactly. That's one of the reasons, but it's just, uh, it just, I don't think about Doc Rivers coaching, like being a head coach for the Lakers, like heck no, you know? And then uh, Quinn Snyder, it's like um, possibly, but not really either. Um, I mean, I would prefer him over like Doc Rivers. Um, and then I'd say like, you know, um, Mike Brown, like, no, because he was a head coach for the Lakers before. And I'm like, nope, like, I did not really like that when he was head coach for the Lakers. I didn't really like that. And also, I've been hearing things about uh, Mike D'Antoni, you know, he was head coach for the Lakers before at one point. Um, heck no. no. Definitely don't want him because when we had him as a head coach, we were like really tanking and it was terrible. And, you know, um, we just I wish we could just have another coach like Phil Jackson. Like, come on. Like, he's a legend. Like, we all love Phil Jackson. Like, I wish we could just have someone like him or if he could just want, come back. I don't want Phil Jackson maybe. either. Well, <laughs> but um, but yeah, I mean. But I've been hearing like different things, you know, about the head coaches and, you know, but personally, it like if I was to pick a head coach, I feel like Van Gundy would be cool to have him in there. Which one? Um, I, huh? Which one? Jeff Van Gundy. OK, Jeff. OK, OK, yeah. OK. So Jeff Van Gundy, I feel like it would be cool to have him as head coach, you know, um, and, uh, you know, it's just honestly, like, I feel like we just need like a head coach that knows what he's doing somebody that it doesn't for me it doesn't really matter how old he is he could be like younger or a little bit older um but it just for me it's just like we just need like a head coach that can really carry this team you know and can handle this team like knows what he's doing and you know so yeah that's all I could really say about about this whole thing I think age matters a little bit, which is why I don't want Phil Jackson to be the head coach. I don't want him to know. He's too, he too old. He's too old. Yeah, he's way too old. Yeah, just go ahead and sit this one out, man. But uh, uh, Doc Rivers, this might be controversial, but even though I think he's a good head coach, I think he's overrated too. I really do think he overrated. he blown, he's blown multiple 3-1 leads in the playoffs including what we all saw with the Clippers. And, and right now, Philly, Philly, they chances in the playoffs looking rocky, and they got James Harden and Embiid on their team with him coaching there. So I don't know about that. Um, Quinn Snyder, if 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 we had to – my, my top choice would be Quinn Snyder. It will be Quinn Snyder, even though the Jazz have been stagnant the past, what, six, seven years – with him, they haven't made any noise in the playoffs. Sometimes I think you probably just need a change of scenery. Uh, he's he's a good coach. He built that team up. He helped build that team up. And, you know, um, he turned down – he helped Donovan Mitchell be a superstar. Help Rudy Gobert be an all-star. So, I think he'll do – he'll do fine. And I don't – I think he's like an even-kill personality. He doesn't get high. He doesn't get low. But I haven't really seen him all that much. But it seems like he's like – you know, just just chill, just right there. So, and then he's also, uh, I think, like fifty five years old, which is still kind of young to be a head coach versus an eighty year old Phil Jackson. So, 
So uh, I'm taking Quinn Snyder. But the thing is, I don't know who else the Lakers can get. Right. Like, I don't know what, like Jeff Van Gunn, I think he's too far removed from the league. We've seen what happened with Stan when he tried to come back with uh, the Pelicans. That didn't last long. So, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Like, maybe they'll bump somebody up inside. Dave, is Dave, Dave Finstale, maybe? I don't know. Hey, we, we saw him this year. They was 0-4. Nah, nah. <laughs> hey, we've seen, we seen enough of that. We, oh, man. I don't know, man. I, this, but that's just my thing. Like, I don't know who they can get outside of the the I mean, Laker. I mean, my I mean, we they could go totally new. Maybe a face you're not heard of assistant coach. So the other assistant mm. coach on the Lakers roster is uh, assistant coach Phil Handy. That's a name I've heard a few times. But oh yeah, no head coaching experience. So do you want to throw a brand new rookie head coach into a win now type of situation? That that's kind of the question you got to ask. I mean, uh, Celtics Celtics head coach. Uh, you don't got he yep. doing well. He doing well. It uh, took him a while, okay. but he doing well. Yeah, that's true. And then uh uh Willie Green, I think he's a good coach. I think they need to find a coach that's like oh he he's a little bit older, but he's been in the game. He's not that far removed from the game. Rondo, you know? Rondo, what you doing? We'll take Rondo. We'll take Rondo. We'll take Rondo. Rondo. He, Rondo was, he, he was nothing but a coach when he was with us uh before anyway. He was out of the coach. So come on, Rondo. Come on, do it. <laughs> mm, okay, Rondo. That'd be crazy with Lakers. That would be crazy. <laughs> Lakers high former Laker Celtic Rajon point guard John Rondo. <laughs> like, that'd be crazy. That would be crazy. All right. So let's keep on going with this Laker talk. Of course, anytime LeBron drops something in the news on social media, you got to talk about it. Always get get spin out of control. And he was talking about one of the players that he wishes he can play with. And that player is Steph Curry of the Golden State Warriors. Now, they have played in numerous all-star games together, but he was kind of throwing it out there like, maybe we can join forces one day. So the question to be asked is, is LeBron playing free agency seeds already? Is he trying to creep his way over there to Golden State or somewhere where he can link up with Steph Curry? Career, what you think about that? Um, so I think, like, honestly, I'm kind of just like half and half. I don't know if if that makes sense. But I feel like LeBron, like will stay with the Lakers. But then I feel like, you know, he could be getting frustrated that like, you know, we've been losing so many games, like we haven't been able to like, really make that playoff push and stuff like that. So like, I feel like he would want to stay with the Lakers, but then at the same time, like, you know, he sees Steph Curry and like you said, like, you know, he's been around him, you know, played basketball around him. So it's like, he would probably just want to like, maybe play with him, like, you know, on the Warriors, maybe to like, you know, um, you know, take his like LeBron to take his talent over there, take his talent elsewhere. And like, it would be cool to like see him play with, you know, Steph and, you know, it's like, I feel like Steph, I feel like Steph Curry and LeBron, like them together, they would be like good teammates. Like, you know, it would feel a little weird because I feel like, you know, with the both of them and all that, but 
I feel like there would be some chemistry there. It's not like they, you know, hate each other or they don't, you know, they don't have like any type of like animosity or anything towards each other. But, um, but yeah, I think it would be like interesting. Like I know that, um, you know, LeBron was saying that like uh, Steph Curry's the one that I want to play with for sure. And he said that he loves everything about that guy, you know? And so, you know, um, and that's what LeBron said. So it's like, you know, you just have to like kind of, I guess, like see like, you know, kind of like that whole thing. So, I mean, I think that, you know, it could be maybe like some frustration like there's a little bit of frustration in there from LeBron's side, but at the same time, I think he truly admires Steph and like the way he plays and all that. So I, I wouldn't really be surprised if LeBron wanted to like, you know, play with him or if we heard some sort of like, you know, thing like a trade deal or something, you know, if that makes sense. So, yeah. Yeah. But uh, Steph said no already, but We'll see what happens. Mike, what you think about LeBron saying he wants to play with Steph Curry or he wishes to play with Steph Curry? Uh, I mean, I don't really have a problem with it. I mean, I'm sure there's guys who only get to play with other players at the All-Star games or at not at any time, probably in the summer and things like that. So when you play basketball, like, yeah, I wouldn't mind playing with this dude or that dude. I don't think he's playing any scenes because, again, Granted, LeBron has been on different scenes, but I don't think at this point, this point of his career, I don't think he plans on leaving L.A. unless it's to go play with his son like he's already stated. So, again, I think this was just him being asked the question. Like Korea said, you know, he's got mad respect for Steph Curry. They've had, you know, numerous battles in the finals over the years going at each other. You know what I'm saying? Real recognized, real, man. Steph's one of those all-time players just like LeBron. So, why not? I mean, why Why would I not want to play with Steph Curry? I mean, could you imagine, you know, just one side of the court, you got Steph Curry at the top, LeBron working <laughs> off the wing. You can't help off that. Ain't nothing you can do. LeBron <laughs> going to the rack every time. If you help that Steph Curry out there, you got to guard him at least three steps behind the three-point line. So it would be crazy to see. It would be a crazy little matchup. But, hey, man, I, I don't think he's trying to plant any seeds or – try to make his way to Golden State doesn't seem like the type of maneuver he would do at this point in his career. Now, maybe earlier, you know what I'm saying, a couple years ago, we could have talked about that. Maybe I'd have been a little worried, but nah, I think he was just, honestly, man, it's just respect. Real recognized, real man. I would love to play with another legend if I could. So I'm not too worried about it, but I'm not surprised, man. Steph Curry's a great player. Yeah, like, come on, y'all. This is just talk. This is just barbershop type of talk. It's not... It's not going to happen. It's definitely not going to happen. There's no way in hell those two going to end up on the same team, wherever that team may be. It's just not going to happen. They both, but I think, I think I agree with what Korea said. I think it was like little low key frustration on LeBron part. Like he, I don't think LeBron really liked how this season turned out. LeBron has had some magical games this year and the Lakers have wasted those games by losing. So it's just minor frustration. I think in a general sense, LeBron is happy that he's playing with the Lakers. Uh, I think he's going to end his career with the Lakers no matter what happens. I mean, he's already his, his legacy is already etched in, etched in stone already. Facts. It's already there. So anything he's just playing for right now is just, you know, extra. 
and he, you know he's still chasing um Kareem. And what better uniform to break Kareem's record than in the Laker uniform? So, and then I don't, I don't know about him wanting to play with his son too. Can he hold out for that long for one? And what? two, two <laughs> Bronny Bronny still got to do some work. He still got to do some work. Hey, he, but look, they saying. So they basically saying since LeBron said he'll go wherever his son is, basically that automatically ensures Bronny is a first round pick. So I I don't know, man. What Bronny's <laughs> gonna be a senior this year, I believe. Oh, I don't even know. I'm I think he's gonna confused. be a senior. It's either a junior or a senior. So at minimum, what three more years? I can see LeBron making it three more years. You think LeBron gonna play three more years? I can see LeBron playing three more years, man. I, I think know, he got man. it in him. <laughs> All right, so well, hold on, hold on. I'm gonna ask both of y'all this: What if he break Kareem record next year? You think he'll play beyond next year? I will say it depends on how the season goes and mm. his injuries go. Hmm. Kareem, what what you think? Yeah, I think he just has to stay healthy. I think that um, I think it's possible that he could stay an extra couple years. Yeah. yeah. Okay, but all right, and then to end off, LeBron, do y'all think he'll be Lakers rest of his career going forward, however long that is? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I'm going to say yes. Yeah, yeah. Why would you want to leave L.A.? Why? Let's go <laughs> work. Because you, like, like you said, like, he's established, like, a rapport there, you know? So it's like, you know, even though he said all this stuff about Steph Curry and all that, you know, he has established like a real good connection with LA. So it's like, why leave, you know, especially yeah. him and AD are so good together, you know? Right. I, I will say, I will say, never say never though. I yeah. will say never say never. Cause <laughs> as much, as much as he likes AD and I like AD, AD got a problem. And I think we all know what that problem is. Yeah. The problem is he likes to be – not likes to be, but he's not in the game a lot because of injuries. So if LeBron's one goal is still to win championships and you see a guy who's – how old is AD? 28, 29, can't stay on the court, and that's supposed to be your number two. And we ain't even get deep into it. He really supposed to be the number one, but that's another conversation. For real. For real. I, I, that's why I would say never say never, but I would probably lean more to – him stay in LA, but never say never with LeBron. You never know. <laughs> hey, uh, hopefully they'll make up the roster to where not only LeBron but AD they don't have to play that many minutes. Like they can play like thirty two to thirty five minutes. Big off season. Yeah, I think I think they'll he'll stay longer if that's the case. <laughs> but let's go ahead and go to this NFL news. You know, free agency is kind of dying down a little bit. There's still some names out there, but. It, the, the hype is getting lower and lower as we get more focused towards the draft. But something surprising has came up. Debo Samuel, wide receiver from San Francisco 49ers, has deleted any recognition of the 49ers off his social media page. This comes after contract talks are not going well. Stefan Diggs just got a brand new extension with the Buffalo Bills. So Debo is like, hey, where my money at? You know, where my money? And um, it's a conversation that we should have. Um, does first of all, does Debo Samuel deserve to be paid more money? Does he deserve an ascension in the first place? Korea, what you think about that? I think he does. I think he does deserve to be paid more money. Um, I mean, he's he's like a pretty good, like as you see, he's a like a good receiver with the Niners, you know, and um 
you know, he's like entering the final year of his rookie contract. So it's like, you know, he has like, he keeps his stats up. He has good stats. Um, I, I don't remember his stats right now, but um, he's like a good receiver and, you know, um, you know, you have the Niners, like, you know, like Garoppolo, you know, we're going to see what happens with him, but you know, you have like all these things going on with that team right now. And the off season's been crazy because like, you know, so far in the NFL, because, you know, you have like, you know, Devontae Adams, how he was playing for the Packers and now he like is with Carr, like, you know, his old college buddy, you know, from Fresno State. And then you see like um, Tyreek Hill too, and also just like other receivers. And, um, and so like, yeah, I mean, the Niners, like, I feel like, um, honestly, the, the dynamic is going to change a bit <clears throat> because of Debo. Um, you know, because he was one of like their weapons on offense, like offensively, he was one of their weapons. And so I feel like the offense is going to be, it's going to look a little weird, you know, for him to be like traded. Um, I mean, I think they can manage obviously because they have like other receivers and then they could just like pick up some other players or whatever the case, whatever they decide, the Niners decide to do. But, um, but I think that um, Debo should get signed. Like, I think he deserves more money, in my opinion. So, All right. Mike, what you think about Debo Samuel's contract situation? Should he be getting – should he get an extension from the 49ers? Oh, yeah. I, th- I think Lee's definitely worth the money. He's one of the most important pieces on their offensive side of the ball. Obviously, he's a receiver, but they line him up in the they line him up everywhere in the backfield. He plays running back with him. He scored, I believe, eight touchdowns off running plays last year to go along with his over a thousand receiving yards and his touchdowns. So yeah, he, he's definitely worth the money. Um, you could make the case he should have won off, he could have won offensive player of the year, or he was mentioned up with those top guys. So He's definitely worth all the money that they say he is. And I think if they lose him, that's a big loss for the 49ers. I think it's hard to replace a guy that you plug and play in so many different places. And he does so much for you. But you also got to think Debo is not always healthy. So that's one thing you got to keep in the back of your head. But I do think he is worth the extension. I do think he is owed that money and they should try to find a way to pay him now. There are some other things holding them back. I'm sure we're going to talk about it. But to answer the question, does he deserve the money? Should he be paid? The answer is yes. Um, first of all, I, I would never, you know, diss anybody that's going after what they think that they are worth, especially a, especially a black, especially a black person. And in particular, a black man in the NFL. You know, you should always go after what you what you worth. But like from a football standpoint and in the grand scheme of things, I mean, Debo, this was like his breakout year, his previous two years, you know, he missed games and he wasn't the Debo that we know him to be this year. So like, I kind of question extending him right now. I will, I want to see another year of what he's, what he's did after what he did last year. I want to see another year of that. Last year, he had 77 receptions, 1,400 yards, uh, six receiving touchdowns. Like you said, eight coming out the backfield, so 14 in total was somewhere around there. Yeah, that's all great, but that's also one season out of the three that he's been in. So, like, I don't want to, like, 
jump the gun early of giving players an extension just because they're they are upset. But like then again, I completely understand. You know, he's trying to get that max deal, see where everybody else is doing. He does a lot. He is the offense for the 49ers. He is the offense. He's their only dynamic, electrifying player that they got on this offense. I mean, George Kittle, he's okay. Uh, but Debo, but he can't do what Debo does. He can't do what Debo does. But um, like right now, I just don't see it. Like, just he only had like one season right now. One season of Pro Bowl play. I want to see him get another one. And then also the 49ers, what are they gonna do with quarterback? Like it's like they're having a confusing battle right here. It shouldn't be a battle in the first place. First of all, you traded like what three picks to get Trey Lance. Then you're not playing Trey Lance. Yeah, I want to trade Garoppolo, but you want to keep him. I don't know. I, I wouldn't sign an extension with a team with that situation going on right now. Let me know what y'all going to do a quarterback before, you know, y'all talk about money with me. If y'all not going to do nothing, just go ahead and trade me right now because I'm not signing nothing. I'm just going to hold out. So I want to see what the 49ers do quarterback first. I'm not knocking him for one to get big money, but right now, Debo, I mean, you, you um you, your argument is Stefan Diggs and and Devontae Adams and who was the other wide receiver that got uh Tyree Hill. I mean, far as the big picture, like you not on a level yet. But I mean, if he get his money, hey, I'm more than happy. I'll be more than happy for him, man. Get your money, Debo. Yeah, and I was saying, I think another problem that they're having is they have to decide between okay so let me ask y'all this who are you extending first who's more important to the 49ers you extending Debo Samuel or you extending Nick Bosa on the defensive side because mm. that's another guy who's yeah. up for an extension so it's kind of like they're in a position where they have to make a decision and I I don't know wide receiver or edge rusher I mean, <laughs> that's a tough decision to make. And then I believe with the Garoppolo situation with him, I believe getting hurt or something or needing surgery this offseason, I believe that's why they haven't been able to move him. So you still got his money on the books. So like you said, Stacey, that's still up in the air. We don't know what they're going to do. They're going to have to make a move somehow. But let me. Well, what do you guys think, Bosa or Samuel? Who's more important? Who would you extend first? Or if you had to choose between them, who would you extend that's a tough choice. That's, that's a tough choice. Yeah. <laughs> I think man. I might have to go Bosa, man. I I know Sam mm. Debo is important and offense is the way to go, but man, can you really replace a guy like Nick Bosa off the edge? I mean, that's what we know the 49ers for is that defense getting right. quarterback, getting stopped, things of that nature. So that's tough for me. Well, I would say the the losing argument for Debo is man, it's so many good wide receivers in the NFL. It's so yeah, many it that could come out. Yeah. And the draft and make an impact right away. That like the wide receiver money is being kind of like devaluing, depreciating right now, just because it's so many. It's so many that can step in and get 77 receptions like Debo in a first year. So I think Bosa should Bosa should go first, but Debo, he he's everything to that offense. True. Yeah. And I was gonna also say, like, yeah, Stacey, like. You could always find like another receiver. Like there's lots of receivers out there, and like you could pick one up from the draft, like you said. And edge rusher like Boza, like he is like great. Like that guy's a beast. And I feel like you can't really replace someone like that, especially if he's you know bringing so much to like a team defensively. You know, 
Um, so I, I would say Boza for sure, because it is like a tough one, but I would say Boza. And then, you know, you could always just get another receiver. I mean, Debo is good, but he's not like, you know, good, good. Like he's not like up to the top, you know, he's good, but he's not like, you know, up the top, but yeah. All right. All right. All right. So let's end off with a segment. Oh, uh, this been a fan, fan favorite episode to say the least. We've been talking about Lakers, but now we're going to fan out one more time. We got to talk about Major League Baseball. Major League Baseball has kicked off this week. Uh, we all have our, we have our squads. Y'all should know mine. The 11, 11-time World Series champion, St. Louis Cardinals. Korea has the Los Angeles Dodgers. And Mike, who's your team? Hey, man. <laughs> So as I always, since I was young, I've always been, look, don't hate on me, a Yankees fan, man. I just, uh, man, I chose them when I was young. I stuck with them. So I'm always going to root for the Yankees, man. Always. Yeah, I'm surprised. Uh, I'm surprised you ain't like Boston, Red Sox, the Washington Nationals, giving you from Virginia. Boston. <laughs> hey. No, hey, any Boston fans out there, this is no shade. But you see this Laker hat on right here? I'm not yeah. really nothing. Boston. I'm I saying proximity, I, proximity. Nah, I feel you. Yeah, no, nah, I understand that. Maybe Washington, but nah, man. When I was younger, I used to play. Like, I remember the first baseball game I played was MLB 97 on the PlayStation. Mm. First mm. team I went and chose was the Yankees. I stuck with them ever since then. I used to have a little thing for the Mariners when Ken Griffey Jr. was there. Oh, but yeah. Nah, man, I'm going Yankees. I'm going to stick with them. I'm not all in depth with it, but hey, look, they, they make the playoffs almost every damn year, so they always got a shot. So Yankees for me. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I hate the Boston Red Sox. I hate them. I hate them. I hate them so much. But uh, let's go ahead and talk about our teams. Uh, what, what, what our expectation is from, from uh, our teams. Uh, let's start with the Dodgers, who everybody once again is picking them to win the World Series. So, Korea, go ahead and talk about those Dodgers. Yeah, so um... – like we had said beforehand, I'm uh, I'm not a big MLB fan, baseball fan, but I do support the Dodgers. I'm not going to lie. So the Dodgers is my team. You know, I support them. And, um, you know, yesterday was opening day and we got that win. So that was good. And um, it was good that we signed like Freddie Freeman um, to a six year deal. Mm-hmm. And so that really helped. And then we have like Mookie. We still have him. And then we have like, um, I forgot his name, but we did lose Corey Seager in free agency. So we lost him. And, but we did, like I said, we did gain Freddie Freeman, which was a big gain for us. Um, And yeah, I mean, I just have like, I think this season for the Dodgers should be good. Like I have some high expectations for them. Um, And, um, you know, we have Walker Bueller. Um, and so like he um, he didn't have too much of like a bad game for opening day. Um, and so he like um, he had like two runs and he struck out over five innings. And so, um, you know, basically like um, he like put in a lot in yesterday's game. He helped us get like a win um, yesterday for opening day. And, um, yeah, I mean, 
Uh, I'm excited to see what the season will bring. And then we also have like a good guy. Like we have another good guy. We have like Will Smith and we also have Cody Bellinger. They're good players. So hopefully the Dodgers will, you know, um, have a good season. And yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, what they will bring this season. Do you think their World Series case is stronger this time around? Because last year they uh, they made a team record, winning 106 games, but, you know, they lost to the eventual champion, the Braves. So do you see, like, a difference this season to where, okay, they definitely going to win the World Series again? Possibly. Um, I think that they definitely have a chance. Um, I, I'm not going to say, like, oh, they're going to go to the World Series or, you know, they're going to win, but – I do think that they have like a high chance of going to the World Series. Um, and I, I well, let's put it this way. I do think that, you know, going to the playoffs, like they have a high chance of going to the playoffs, but World Series like 50-50. So I, I feel like it's too early to tell still for me to really like say anything. Mm. So um, I'll just, I'll say like, come back in a couple months and I'll say something. <laughs> All right, let me, go ahead. let me go ahead and talk about my Cardinals, a.k.a. the Dodger Killers. The Dodger Killers. Mm. Hey, something always happened when we play, and the Cardinals always get it. But anyway, um, expectations, I never have – for the past few years, I haven't seen the Cardinals as a World Series team. Um, of course, they always have that first half of the year. They always have that uh, slow start. You know, they'll hover around 500 a little bit, but then that second half, they'll get it together. I think it's going to be more of the same case this year. Um, we do have um, a stronger – like, from a home run perspective, we have a stronger bad order now. We have still Goldschmidt. We still got – we got Nolan Arenado, who we got last year from the Rockies. Um, I think they'll do some work, but my worry right now is pitching. Adam Wainwright, yes, he's still effective, but he also is up there in age. This might be his last year. Uh, Flaherty, uh, who's supposed to be our ace, is hurt. We don't know when he's going to come back. Dakota Hudson is nah. – so, I mean, like our pitching is like above average, especially like our starting pitching. If they can hold it together, if they can hold it down a little bit, then the Cardinals are going to be the dangerous out once again at the very least in the playoffs. Um, but I don't see World Series. Honestly, to be honest, if we play the Dodgers, I don't see us competing that well against the Dodgers. Like, I think the Dodgers just, like, got too much firepower. Last year, I don't know what the hell happened. They tripped last year. They should have went to the World Series and won it. But uh, for the Cardinals, I think they're going to be that dangerous team going forward. Um more than likely will be the NL Central champions. I think having a another year with the same key pieces on the team, they'll build up chemistry. They'll have that together. And plus, Albert Pujols is back where he should have been, <laughs> what, 12 years ago. Should have paid him the money, but that's okay. He's back. Yada and Molina's there. They're uplifting players, the spirit of the team. So, we should be fine. Uh, Mike, go ahead and talk about them Yankees. Hey, look, so Yankees in my squad, like I said, I don't follow them every day like I should, but this year I'm on it. I'm on my Yankees. I do not think they are a World Series contender. Um, mm -hmm. I do think they are a playoff threat. I think one of their main concerns they need to do this year is 
handle that extension with Aaron Judge that needs to be figured out. Um, I, their bullpen concerns me a little bit. I like Garrett Cole, but after him, it's not a lot of anything. So I, I don't expect much from the Yankees. I expect they'll be a competitive team, but once they get in the playoffs, I'm not expecting a lot. I think they'll make it to the playoffs. I think they'll get some wins. They're a tough out on any night, but I don't see them as a World Series contender. But look, I'm sticking it out with them this year. I'm staying on it. I'm gonna be, hey, look, I'm gonna be on my Yankees this year. So we're gonna <laughs> see what happens. I don't have a lot for them, but I do not think they're a contender. I think they're just a playoff team at this point. Okay. I don't even think they're gonna win their division. Hey, look, they don't won just, seven hey. out of the last eight seasons. So I'm gonna give them know. a little hope. I'm gonna give them. I don't a little know, hope. man. I don't know. They, <laughs> the Jays get themselves. Ben, shout out to you. I'm gonna be if the Jays get themselves together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jays yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know about the Dodgers either. They better get that together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, uh, <laughs> uh, you ain't gonna defend the Dodgers. You you don't have nothing to say. Well, honestly. Hoping I for the best. Yeah. I <laughs> yeah. hope the Dodgers, I hope that they have a great season, you know. I mean, Just, I feel like I feel like Freddie Freeman, I feel like, you know, seeing him play is gonna definitely be good, you know. I think he's gonna bring a lot to the lineup. Yeah, until they get to October. But that was yeah. the end of <laughs> but that was the end of Stacey on sports podcast always show. have something to say Stacey. oh yeah oh yeah i'm always gonna have something to say always that's just that's just me that's just me <laughs> but uh that was the end of the episode next week next week will be the nba playoffs and of course we are going to be on it too bad our team didn't make it but we still gonna watch anyway until next week we are signing off <laughs> go lakers all season one two three cancun <laughs> All right. <laughs>